scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. I'm Philip Landry. And we forgot to say that in the uh, Hitcher episode, didn't we? We did. Uh, this is Open Shutters, and this is actually our official season four opener. It's also the opener of our July series, which is called... Death on the Open Road, Highway Homicides. Highway Homicides, and we're starting with a really, really, really classic kind of highway homicide. With a really classic villain, and a very and, and, and a totally likable victim, so we it, it's just got it's got everything that we, you know a movie, a Hollywood movie has, a beautiful woman, a psycho cop, everything. But first, we have a few things to talk about, don't we? So how you doing? Well, like I said, the last one, I have a new job. It's in the new. It's in, well, I talked about it in the Hitcher. Review a lot, but I'm working in a different adult video store from the one where I worked before. Uh, it's, it's a part-time thing because I'm now on Social Security. Yes, folks, I am that old. And it's, it's really sort of a, um, you know, kind of, you know, supplemental income. My Social Security pays for my new my car note and my insurance, and that's about it. So I need a job to pay for everything else. Including the credit cards, the new credit cards that I just got the last few months, haven't maxed any out yet. How you doing? I'm frustrated. What's wrong? I'll get through the week. This is a week of of when I have to try to get my packages to come in, and I'm just frustrated. Oh, this is a week where all the medicine. Oh yeah, I gotta go to Walgreens. All the medical items coming in. Yes, I have to pick up. And we're having trouble with the delivery with one of them. I uh, I have to go to Walgreens tomorrow. I'm working from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. tomorrow. So on the way home, I gotta go to Walgreens and pick up my medicine because I can't. Go to take it straight to work because I have insulin and it has to be refrigerated. Well, I'm trying to do a podcast for the people. And while I'm trying to do a podcast for the people, I was at my home all day earlier today waiting on the damn package to be re-delivered. Okay, get that. And it's because I'm here working, trying to bring good material to the people. This is a people's podcast? This is the people's podcast. The people's podcast called Open Shadows? Our people's. Our creeper people's. Our creepy the Creepsters people. podcast. The Creepsters people. We aren't exactly Princess Diana of the podcast. <laughs> Just the creepy people. Just creepy people. But anyhow, so yeah, they're trying to keep delivering. At times, I'm not at home when I'm working on things to do with this. That super sucks. Yeah. It's like my timing is so bad. So what are what are you watching? Talking about things. Well, I watched that Brady Bunch uh, uh, RuPaul. Oh, Dragon the, the Classics. Yes. With Bianca Del Rio as Florence Henderson. Yes. Who pulled it off? Believe it or Strangely not. Strangely she did. Because you think of Bianca Del Rio calling everybody a motherfucker and an asshole. But she was just sweet mom. Brady. She did it. She gave good side eye though. Yeah. And I Her seeing, side eye was on point. Seeing 60-somethings play, the 60-something original actors play, Peter and Bobby Brady. 
I mean, you got a six. That was hilarious. You got a sixty-year-old man hilarious. playing the nine-year-old boy and a sixty-three-year-old man playing the thirteen-year-old boy. And then, and then, and then, wait, wait. Remember, did you see Ben Delacrim played the other son? Oh yeah, he played Greg because the one the original Greg was playing the dadness. Yeah. Which at least that was age appropriate, even yeah. though he's probably oh, the yeah. age of the grandfather. Yeah, that was entertaining. <laughs> but uh, oh gosh, but yeah, it was it was definitely. I would have wanted to see Bianca and Barry Williams in bed together in that big king size bed, like they used to show uh, Carol and Mike Brady sometimes. That would have been interesting. <laughs> well, I was wondering how they got the sets, but they did a whole green screen technology thing. Well, they had a green screen in the living room. I think the kitchen was they real. Put, well, no, no, no. Everything was green screen, but what they did was they put, it seemed like they put um, the furniture, the main furniture, whatever was being yeah. used. That was sitting there, but everything else would be green screen. And how do you like the real Jan playing the, the friend and... The real Cindy playing the the ugly nerdy girl that's after Peter. It was a mess. It they was had hilarious. the false uh, buck teeth on her and everything. So yeah, that's on Paramount uh, Plus. Paramount Plus. Yeah, Dragon the Classics, the Brady Bunch. And, yeah, and it's yeah a, a, a oh. drag queen playing Greg Brady. And while we're on Paramount Plus, uh, no, I'm not going to give any spoilers on on what I'm about to talk about. But if y'all have not been watching the new season of Why Women Kill. You need to be watching. I'm waiting for it to, to all set, the episodes to come it's on. Set in, well, I'm, I can't help it. It's I, I can't stand to wait a it's, week. It's basically by the same guy that created Desperate Housewives, Mark Sherry. And he created, in this second season, it's like an anthology. So the second season, you don't have to watch the first season. First season's good, though. But you don't have to watch the first season. You can go straight into the second season. Does it take, take uh, place in all the different eras, different oh, well, decades? Well, no, no, no. It's That was how the first season was. Yeah. The second season is solely in 1949. Oh, okay. Dealing kind of about with this sort of Los Angeles neighborhoods and garden club ladies and housewives and stuff. And I'm not going to give much more. Although I must say that Miss Lana Perea... Gives us as Regina from Once Upon a well, Time. Well, she's Regina from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. She plays Rita Castillo in here. That's her name, and she is fabulous. Another evil Italian woman, huh? No Latin. Castillo. Well, the, the Italians are. Was she Latin? Or... No, she's more Latin than there. But Lana's Italian. Lana's well, actually, she's Italian and Puerto Rican, I think. So, like, like, um, she's both Italian. Like Rita Marino. Yeah. It's Italian Puerto Rico. But the guy is definitely Latin. The husband that she's married mm-hmm. to, uh, the, the old man Castillo, which I don't want to give much away on there. And the other main character, uh, the character is played by Allison Tolman, and the character's name is Alma Philcott. She's kind of starts out as this, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but this frumpy sort of housewife, and you see her go through an evolution. Oh, Okay. And there's so much more going on. There's so on. many evil Italian there's women. There's so many they great characters. Evil Italian women. I don't want to get into all that. That's just kind of the two main ones. But clearly, you know, people think of Italian women, they think of Dorothy and Sophia on Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is, this, is more, this is more, I think, the Latin. I don't think it's so much the Italian as yeah. it is Well, Italian is actually a Latin. It is especially technically, technically, technically. Well, Sicilian is more Mediterranean, like Greek and But this would Armenian. be more Hispanic Latin, maybe... Uh, because the because the the uh the why, characters are more. Why do they consider 
Hispanic, Spanish, a different race, but they don't consider Italians, they consider white. Hispanic means that you speak Spanish. And, okay, well, let me, let me explain. There's, there's different things. Latin can actually include, you're right, Italian, French, or... Um, Portuguese. All the, any settling that was not basically English, that came from the Romance country. Or German. Now, the weird part is, is, is the reason it's become this all-encompassing is a lot of times the culture is a blend of the European with the different indigenous. However, those indigenous groups, they'll define whatever. But this is funny because before, like say World War II, Italians were treated as a different race. You know, the who killed the chief and all that kind of stuff. Because I always joke we weren't white until 1940. <laughs> right, right, right. I think when we talk about Latin, we mean Latin America, and it usually means a blend. And actually, we also have to include in that there is what is called Afro-Latino as well. So it's all becoming, which is important, because you, and it really just goes back to the history, recognizing how important the indigenous tribes are to those people's bloodlines, as well as the African roots for, for many of them. So. Okay, sorry, we're going to have a little time, but that helped explain that situation. Yeah, because I always wondered that. Oh, besides shows, I am reading, started reading this book. You know, I'm all into research and everything. It's called Hungry Ghosts by Andy Rotman. And it gets into the Buddhist concept of oh, the hungry really? ghosts. And how meanness, depravity, and cruelty and all these things create what is known as the hungry ghosts. Are you reading it on a uh, print book or on print, a... actual book. An actual book I got. Actual at, book. At, uh... At Barnes and Nobles in Madrid. I have gotten so into either, uh, uh, you know, the, um, what you call those, e-books? Or, actually, I've gotten into audiobooks. I did a lot of the research for tonight's episode through an audiobook, which we got, I'm going to talk about in the second half. Well, I'll repeat that. I don't know if I gave the Arthur's name. I may have just given it, but I'll repeat it. Hungry Ghosts by Andy Rotman. And it's good? So far, it's good. I'm going to have to check it out. It's kind of, but it's more like a, if you're willing, it's it's a little more like a research-based kind of book, a spiritual philosophy book. So. I just got a, a notification on the iPad that somebody has liked our previous episode. So we got all <laughs> kinds of news to talk about. Yeah, some serious, some crazy, about. some bizarre. So what are we talking about first? First off, what the hell is with the python at the Paul of Louise up in back? That ugly yellow snake. Oh, no, be nice. It's yellow. I love yellow pythons. It's scary. It's, it might be even an albino. Why are there snakes in the mall, anyway? Well, they, okay, well, they set up an aquarium in the mall. Like, this is like the new thing they're putting, like, see, okay, malls have been dying, okay, as far as the classic yeah. mall we know from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. That 70s, mall 80s, is over 90s. with, okay? So you have these large structures, and they're trying to survive as a business because it is a real estate business yeah. a mall basically you have people in a mall are trying to rent out spaces and the spaces are empty but so what, you, so what do you fill them with experiences people aren't buying as much things as they're buying experiences so one experience they're thinking say in different cities and this is actually an aquarium company that I think sets up through several like states at different places like this like at malls and um, so they've just sat, recently opened this aquarium. Apparently, the thing, the python had actually been missing for 30, I think it was all 30 hours before they realized it was missing. 
I'm like, who left the enclosure is there, open? Is there a pet shop in there? Who left it open? Oh, you making you thinking that's gonna? Oh, I don't know if they still have the old. If they have a pet shop in there, I hope that python. They found the little mice and. I hope the python eats kids. the Yorkie. Oh, the Yorkie. Oh, that's wrong. You went from wood chippers to pythons now. Those those dogs are monsters. You know, we might have listeners. They're that have little Yorkies. mice. They're, we they're, might have listeners that have Yorkies. I know, but they like the mice. This mon- is so cruel. They're little bitty dogs, and they think that they're pit bull. But somebody might have this as a little baby. You're going to get some hate mail for them. Oh, I'm not going to get hate mail. Y'all, we're going to give y'all that social media I later think... on when we give that to you. Remember to send some hateful mail towards Barry's way for if you're a dog I owner. think a lot of people find those yappy little dogs annoying. Mm. Well. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor babies. So, yeah, I think whoever, like I saw the meme online, whoever is playing Jumanji... In uh, Baton Rouge, it needs to stop because apparently they've had bears sighted coming into town. And what was the other crazy thing? There was something else crazy. Coyotes? Some, oh, well, that, that can happen anyway. That happens here. But uh, this is in Baton Rouge. They had several bears that were descending on the city. Mm. And <laughs> that's a whole other thing when you talk about Southern Decadence Bear down here when bears come to the city. <laughs> we're talking about actual bears, though. Yeah. We're not talking about the gay bears. But um, but well, now we got the python Jersey. loose from the mall, and there was something else. What was the other? There was a third thing going on. I can't remember. I apologize, y'all. I can't remember. There was a third animal thing going on that was bizarre in um, Baton Rouge. But like whoever's playing Jumanji, stop. Okay. All right. Yeah, my neighborhood has a lot of raccoons and possums. <laughs> Maybe we need that python oh, and, uh, to little... eat them. Oh, no. Being... Pice... Possums are actually really good for the uh, helpful. You don't realize... I they're... don't know. Curtis says that they're monsters and they're evil. All right. Well, <laughs> I have, I, the, there are some friends that I have that love possums that listen to this. And there's other people that, that don't like possums. Wow. Well, our, our episode's getting a lot of likes. I keep on getting notifications. Oh, the one we did before? Oh, the one we just, we just published. Yeah. Well, we're going to work on this. So, <laughs> you're going to like this next piece of news. We were trying to debate, should we put this in the obit? Oh, or should we put oh, this oh, oh, in the oh. news? We're going to actually put it in the news. Because this is bizarre, okay? And especially with the new job that you're working, this is like totally in line with that. Oh. So, this Russian porn star, she just died. Like, okay, that's sad. I mean, anytime somebody dies, it's sad. But this is bizarre. Her name is Christina Lucina. Christina Lucina. If I'm saying that right, you know, kind of wrong. Christina Lucina. She's known as uh, Chris the Fox as her nickname or whatever. Uh, she Chris fell the Fox. from a 22nd floor apartment. Oh. And that, died. So, well, you usually do when you fall from a 20. Right. That's you know, we say don't fall out the window, right? Right. But they found in her hand this coin. That I don't know if it was in Russian or if it was in English, but they said that at least at least they were either way. What it said was, "You're always you're always in my heart." Isn't that correct? I don't know if you lose her. Yeah, but you're always in my heart was on the coin. It was in her hand uh, that she fell from. Twenty nine uh, years old. Like she still she had. I look at the picture of her. She's she, very very thin. She was Did big on. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, OnlyFans and Pornhub. OnlyFans and Pornhub. She kind of looks a little bit like 
Gracie on the nanny. And her boyfriend Only has naked already and set nasty. up a fundraiser online to pay for her funeral. All the while, though, all of this is under investigation. Something's I would, I mean, when somebody falls out of twenty-two stores, story building, I definitely would. I think we may, if depending on how this goes, we may have to make this a case down the road. Yeah, but might, we had to at least bring it to y'all now. Yeah, of the bizarreness and nature of the death. Anytime we get a bizarre death, we have to bring that to you. Of course, we you know we have a, a lot of fun with that name, both Christina Lacina and. Uh, Chris the Fox. The Fox and the Hound, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, so yeah, we're going to be, we're going to probably be following this and see what, what else more happens I know. with it. Because we were just trying to find what deaths were going on, what things were And that's going how we stumbled on, upon we it. Stumbled yeah. upon. Well, talking also about, sadly, um, I mean, that was talking about high apartment buildings. We had to talk about what happened in Florida. We hadn't had a chance. Uh, the building collapsed. Yeah, ironically, our episode takes place of story this week takes place in florida but we do want to talk about the building collapse for a moment it is heartbreaking um i'm not gonna sit here we're already on today we're on july 8th there's very little hope at this point so at this point if someone does survive wonderful it's a miracle at this point that hasn't survived already if there's anyone else that's taken from their own. But for now, I think it just moves. I was saying it's now moved to a recovery situation. Yeah. Um, we don't, we aren't going to know the full death toll, death number for probably weeks. That's still going to be worked on. And the numbers keep going up every day. But for the families, for the friends, this this is a sad occasion. I mean, and I think there there's a lot of mourning going on in South Florida. And we just need to acknowledge that. Oh, And there's yeah. nothing you can even say about this. We it's have to, yeah. yeah it's the, so sudden. People. It's so horrific. And, you know, we had that, the hard rock that collapsed here a couple of years ago, remember? But luckily that was only a work it, site. And and it was yeah, only, it was. It, it it's still heartbreaking for the few families well, that were affected. Well, yeah, a couple of workers. But this was people in the middle of the night. Or I think this happened at night. They wouldn't nighttime. let one woman go get her cat before they destroyed the building because they said it was too dangerous. So the cat was killed in the implosion. Oh, oh that's sad. Yeah. Hey, well, he looked like Foz, too. Okay, don't say that. It makes me feel bad. I don't need to hear that. Yeah, he was a cute little thing. Oh. But yeah, there's like, we don't realize there's animals that died in that. I mean, because you're talking about South Florida. I mean, well, yeah, I've got, that's you know, an animal-loving area if you've ever seen people in South Florida love the well, animals. I'm sure there was a lot of... Like any area, people love... But definitely South Florida, Miami-Dade, people love the animals. Okay? A lot of these people come from New York City where they weren't allowed to have animals. Yeah. Oh, it was really a big... It was a problem having animals. So they when they get when they move to Florida where the weather's warm all the time and they can take the animals out and everything. Yeah, and y'all just keep that in mind. I know we're seeing the human death toll numbers given to us, but we don't even know the animal death toll number. That could be up there because some people have multiple pets in their apartments. So mm. Just imagine they've died as well, and they they have souls as well. They may they may not be human, but they're animals and they uh, they no. they had. Their and I was too. only joking about. Now I feel bad about what I said about the poor Yorkie. Eat them, Stink. Eat them. No, just kidding. <laughs> well. They may be, yeah. 
Let's talk about the obits, and I know the first one okay. we need to talk about is also a pretty serious thing that happened. Oh, you're talking about the, um, we going to do the him first? Yeah, let's get him. Uh, okay, let's... that's the, uh, the, Haiti, the Haiti president. The Haitian, Haitian president. president. Yeah. Um, Moise, yeah. Jovenel Moise. Yeah, he was uh, assassinated. Um, what is this? Okay, yeah. Assassination of Jovain Moise, the Haitian official said Thursday night as they paraded suspects before the news meeting asserted that foreigners had been involved. The news conference at National Police Headquarters with intern Prime Minister, the American, there were American men described as being of Haitian descent and were identified. Should I say their names? Um, we're going to just keep that out. We're okay. Gonna, we're, we're, uh, They're pursuing these people for the... Uh, the, um, the assassination of the Haitian president. Because okay. there's still investigation still going on. And there's a lot and of politics still investigating. Involved, a lot of politics it's, it's probably a political. It was a. Political but our hearts work. go out to you know the people of Haiti, the family, the family of the president. And as far as I know, the wife had gotten shot as well, the first lady, and she is currently, as far as we know, in Florida getting treatment. Oh, I hope that she's okay. Then well, did you know that assassin? She had to be rushed there so that they could. Get her, get her access to I, saw, I remember the assassination attempt on Imelda Marcos back in the 70s. This was before all the shoes and everything. She was um, she was doing some beautification thing. And at the time, you know when Imelda Marcos was young, she was a looker? She was absolutely gorgeous. And some man came up to her with a machete. And she went to, you know, defense, defense with her arms... And she needed, she needed like 33 stitches in her arms. That's why, if you haven't noticed, she always wears long sleeves to cover those scars. Yeah. Well, like I said, our hearts go out to the Haitian people because this causes a whole upheaval in their government. And Yes. And, you know, it doesn't matter what part we're on. Like, I'm not going to get into politics, but upheavals do not feel good for the common person. We have a lot of political unrest right now in our own country, too. So. Hearts go, just, yeah. hearts go out to both the family of the Haitian president, his wife as well, the first lady who's seeking treatment, and all the Haitian people. Oh, well, rest in peace, president, and I hope they, they catch these guys. All right, I'm going to do our first obit. It's going to be Arlene. This is this. She died on June 1st. We, we missed it last the last couple of weeks, so I'm doing it today. Arlene Galanka. The Andy Griffith Show and Mayberry RFD. She was 85 years old. She was known for her portrayal of, as Millie, the restaurant, on the classic CBS sitcom Andy Griffith Show and its spinoff, Mayberry RFD. And um, she was um, she died a, a Monday. Yeah, Monday from the yeah, month in June, the, around June 1st, at the West Hollywood Memory care facility following the battle with Alzheimer's. She was 85. Uh, she made her Broadway debut in 1958's short-lived The Night Circuit before landing stage roles in Come Blow Your Horn in 1962 and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1963. And she had already made numerous appearances on television prior to her breakthrough role on The Andy Griffith Show. Among them, Car 54, Where Are You?, The Doctors, The Flying Nun, and The Big Valley. Now, she made her first Griffin, Andy Griffin appearance on October 16, 1967, and it was an, uh, an episode that introduced her as Millie Hutchkins. She was initially intended as a love interest for the 
Bachelor Howard Sprague. You remember him? He also was on Happy Days as Ralph Mouth's father. And then she reprised the role a couple of months about their failed elopement. They were going to elope. She returned to the Griffith universe the following year, and this time as a regular on the spinoff, Mayberry RFD, renamed Millie Swanson, and she was Ken, uh, Ken Berry's, who was a town councilman. She was his love interest, and she did she, she played it throughout the three-season run. She was a Chicago native, and following her RFD, uh, she did appearances on The Rookies, the FBI, Owen Marshall Council at Law, MASH, Cannon, Love American Style, That Girl, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Maud, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, Alice, One Day at a Time, and the most memorable role after uh, um, Mayberry RFD was as a call girl on All in the Family and the daughter of Chuckles the Clown on The Mary Tyler Moore Show. So her TV career... Uh, Continued into the 90s, uh, and she also was on Matlock, First and Ten, and The King of Queens. She was a voice actress in the new Yogi Bear show, Capital Critters, and Scooby-Doo franchise. And she was in feature films Hang 'em High with Clint Eastwood, Airport 77, The In-Laws, and Longshot, about, among many others. She survived by her sister. Oh, so rest in peace, Arlene Galanka. I remember I really liked her. You, you, you've seen her before. She's... Uh, she always played these perky blondes. Normally, what was weird about her playing the call girl and all in the family is that she was so wholesome, especially she had been in Mayberry, <laughs> you know? So, okay, we're going to do our next one. Next one we're going to do will be... I know we have a lot of deaths. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do a, a former lieutenant governor, Jimmy Fitzmaurice. He was 99, and he was a longtime New Orleans political and civic leader. And he redefined the office of the Louisiana Lieutenant Governor during his two terms in office. But he, but he endured a political heartbreak and failed bids for governor and mayor, and he died Wednesday night. He was 99. He was the first full-time Lieutenant Governor in state history and was overwhelmingly elected to his first term. His nickname was Fitz. And he uh, redefined the, uh, you know, booster and promoter. He was a booster promoter of economic development and the state's tourism industry. That's how, how the lieutenant governor now is in charge of tourism. Did you know that? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. And, um, and another uh, principal role for the state's virgin, uh, for the lieutenant governor at the time, was provide, siding over the state senate. And he he uh, drafted a new state constitution in 1973. He went on to serve two terms before leaving the governor's office in 1980. And remember, as a successful lieutenant governor, but he had political losses too. He lost to Moonlandrew for mayor in 1969, to Dave Treen and fellow uh, Democratic challenger Lewis Lambert in 1979 um, governor's race. He was a lifelong Democrat, and his political career began on the New Orleans City Council. He ther served three terms from 1954 until 1966. And he was uh, elected as, as district council member during Chet Morrison era. He tried twice to run for mayor of New Orleans, losing in 1965 to incumbent Victor Skiro, and, and who uh, some analysis believe benefited from his position as incumbent during Hurricane Betsy which struck a few months earlier, and then in 1969 to Moon Landrew, who his 
Mitch Landrew is our previous mayor from when we have now. Okay, so I think I've said enough. <laughs> okay, rest in peace, uh, Lieutenant Governor Fitzmorris. So next we're going to do, we have a lot of obits tonight, more, more than usual, so um, Mention bear with the me. other political one, Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld, yes. Donald Rumsfeld was a defense secretary who took the U.S. military into Iraq with a business approach on planning that had disastrous con- consequences, unfortunately. He was, um, he died at, eight, he was 88. And he did more damage to the U.S. military reputation than any previous Secretary of Defense. Uh, Even after, you know, everybody had admitted that the war in Iraq was pretty much uh, a bust. Yeah, they never found the real weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. And that was something, he was such a big proponent on finding. Well, yeah, and it's, um, and he, and I remember him being very, very unpopular at the time. That, that when was, even that president, was the why, when even yeah. President Bush was kind of over the war too, he was, you know, he kept on wanting to go on and go on. Yeah. And I think they finally got rid of him, but um, he was some other things he did. I'm sure he he was the only politician taken. He he had charge of the Pentagon twice. In 1975, at 43, he became the youngest ever head of the Pentagon, the Secretary of Defense under Gerald Ford. Holding the post for just over a year, and then at 68, his second, he was the second oldest under George W. Bush. Yeah. And um, he was uh, compared to uh, 60s uh, predecessor Robert McNamara, who had effectively outwitted a bloated military bureaucracy to rationalize America's defiance posture. He stuck to broad strategy, yeah, and uh, he was the one that got us into Vietnam, which turned out to be disastrous, too. So that's uh, John Rumsfeld dead at 88. All right, let's do our next one. Um, Beatrice. Oh, yeah. A this one. is a sad one. Poor thing. Uh, uh, Beatrice Chen, who was uh, the nation's grandmother. She's Singapore, Singapore yes. Actress. Singapore's grandmother. She's going at 81. Now, American audiences know her as the grandmother from Crazy Rich Asians. And uh, Ramen Tash, she's in that too. Um, she died July 6th at the age of 81. The news was announced through Chen's personal Facebook page, which posted details of the funeral. Uh, the Straits Time understands that Chen, who had three children and two granddaughters, was in ill health before her death. So, um, she was a prolific actress who first became enamored with acting when she was studying in the Methodist Girls' School and did voice acting and radio plays for Red Fusion and Radio and Television Singapore, now known as MediaCorp. And she trained to become a nurse after her O-levels and stay the nurse for 40 years with her old levels, whatever that zero levels, before she returned to per- performing once again in her old age. Once she, she retired from nursing, she became an actress again. And she went on to star in dramas such as Longest Run in Channel 8 series, Your Hand in Mine, and Hollywood films like Crazy Rich Asians. And she had a small part as a nanny of romantic hero Nick Young, Ram and Taz director recalls her talent for acting. I saw about ten people for the role of the grandmother in Ramanta 
Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, I think so. It's cool. And she was the one who nailed it. She didn't even need, I didn't even need to audition her. We had a 30 minute conversation. She knew exactly what I was looking for. She always had real good vibe around her and all the actors, including Tamakiwi Seita, who played her grandson, just fell in love with her. Comedian Mark Lee, who played her son in the movie, adds, she was extremely professional. Her legs weren't very strong during the filming, but I never once heard her complain. Everyone had a really good time working with her. It's sad to hear that we've lost such a wonderful actress. Mm. She was fluent in English, Mandarin, Cantonese, and she was a popular candidate for local filmmakers, including student directors. All right, that's a shame. Uh, but I guess you know when you're 81, you know. Rest in peace, Beatrice. Rest in peace. Now we have, this is the a, an actor whose son is probably more popular than him, a Robert Downey Sr. He's the father of Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Uh, he, he died at the age of 85. He's an iconic filmmaker and breakthrough anti-establishment films such as Putney Swope and Greaser's Palace. He died last week, last Wednesday morning in his sleep at his home in New York City. He turned 85 last month and had been battling Parkinson's disease and also had a turn as an actor in movies. He was in Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and To Live and Die in L.A. Uh, the, um, the filmmaker, actor, and writer was a lifelong New Yorker and husband of author and Hagrafer, Rosemary Rogers, and father of actor Robert Downey Jr. His heartbroken Robert Downey Jr. told the news, I will miss him forever. Now we have one more, right? One, oh, a very one important more? Okay. one. Yeah. Very important one for um, Generation X. And, and baby early and, Well, baby members. But very important for Generation X people and early, early millennials. And, and we'll late talk, baby boomers like my age. Late baby boomers, but we'll talk about why. Go ahead and let them Richard go. Richard Donna, director of The Goonies, Lethal Weapon, and Superman, the movie, is dead at 91. He's an accomplished Hollywood producer and director. He was known for his work on the Lethal Weapon franchise, The Goonies, and he, uh, according to multiple reports, citing his wife is a production company. He was 91 and no cause of death was shared. And they contacted his attorney and Warner Brothers, the studio behind the Lethal Weapons, for comment. Uh, Donner and his wife, producer Lauren Schuler Donner, together ran Donner's company where they launched films including Free Willy, X-Men, and Deadpool. His career in film and television spanned six decades. Among his most notable projects were 1978's Superman, 1985's Lady Hawk, with Michael Hauer. We just were talking about him in our previous episode. And Michelle Hyver. 1988's Scrooged with Bill Murray, and the 1985 film The Goonies. And that, is that why he's so... Goonies? Okay, and, and let me tell you, for people, especially people that are around my age, anybody who's like say in their 40s or in their late 30s even some basically for us the goonies is the movie that let us know it is okay to keep that sense of adventure and imagination alive oh yeah from your childhood that movie is important on so many levels you can ask any child of the 80s 
Well, you know, all what the, movies up there? Goonies is up there. The hero of people who wanted to stay children forever is like a year younger than me, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he was a Peter Pan, you know. But the Goonies really was a great movie. It has st- stood the test of time for that reason. Well, I still think the Christopher Reeve Supermans are the best. Oh, I'm not saying these. Uh, he's done amazing. No, I mean work. the best of all the Superman franchises. Oh yeah, no, his movies overall. If you look at all the different things he's done, he's done amazing work, and a lot of his movies are memorable. Yeah, and he's the one who gave us Christopher Reeve. But the Goonies. If you had to pick one movie of Richard Donner's that probably made the biggest cultural impact, it's going to be the Goonies. And I'm saying if you had to pick a movie, a Superman movie that's the quintessential Superman movie, it would be his. Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, Christopher Reeve was the ultimate Superman, and Margot Kidder was was Lois Lane. This is true. She was Lois Lane. Okay, if y'all want to fight us on anything else, fine. But this is where we're standing. We're both in agreement on this, <laughs> on the Superman. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a long episode because yeah. of all these obits. A lot so, of anyway, obits. Richard Donner, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Richard. He had a nice long life. He lived to be 91. Yep. He left us some great work that we still Legacy can enjoy. Legacy that will live on for a long time. We can enjoy in generations after us. Yes. Centuries from now, his movies will be... I could just see a hundredth anniversary of Superman the movie coming on, you know, whatever streaming at that time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. All right. Well, so what are we going to do now? The the Patreon account. Yeah, we, uh, let me yes. know about the Patreon account. Uh, we have a Patreon account for support. We, you know, we asking for support. We we have three tiers of support. The first, the uh, entry level is Antoinette Frank, the notorious cop killer. That's ironic because our um, killer cop, that cop killer, our episode tonight is about the killer cop too. And uh, a mid-level is the Axe Band, and our premium level is Madame LaLaure. You see, all our levels are named after notorious New Orleans killers. And uh, Madame LaLaure is, is the cream of the crop. Now, answer that Frank's $5 a month. Axeman is $10 a month and Madame LaLaure is $25 a month. I know that's the most pricey one and we're all going back to work now and everything. The pandemic's almost over so we should be able to have life back as usual. But um, we, uh, we, you get a lot of crap with it. You get a lot of really cool shit. You can get you get a free if you stick with it for the right amount of time. You get a free tote bag, you know, and you get a free coffee mug. You get a free. Do we, is there a T-shirt in there? I think so. Yeah. There's everything in there. And a uh, print uh, autographed by the two fabulous us. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's www.patreon.com forward slash open shutters. All right, you got some time. Uh, you know what time it is. It's, it's horoscope, horoscope time. time. It's horoscope time. It's okay, horoscope okay, time. Okay, I did not. It's horoscope time. No, stop the song. Stop the song. A, I'm going to record that song and just play it right before your horoscopes from now on. I do not condone that. Okay? I'm going I'm to take it's Howdy Doody time and I'm going to replace the words with horoscope. And I'm going to play that right before. I'm going to edit it right in right before your horoscopes. Well, <laughs> this week, since we're starting out this death on the open road. Oh, we got to have open road. For all the signs, your bodies have all been found along the roadside. 
They've been taken by the coroner's office to the county morgue to have autopsies run. Including checking to see what the stomach contents were. Oh, so you And for all of you, there was an item in the stomach contents. That killed you. That was a food. Not necessarily killed. It's just to help know what happened. Got them sick, at least. Well, maybe some of them, yeah. A food from a local convenience store or gas station. Ew, that sounded awful already. Yeah, so. So let's start. Aries. Oh, what's going to get? We got them. <laughs> they determined they found a strawberry slushy. A strawberry slushy. I like strawberry slushies. <laughs> you know, Icy has what they call I don't think it would be much ice by that point, though. It's just probably they found the liquid to determine it. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I don't want to see a strawberry slushy that's in somebody's stomach, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, because it, it would already be mixing with the, oh, the yes. blood as well. So. It's about to become pee, right? You know? <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Taurus, <laughs> no matter what you died from, you probably were also dying from some indigestion, some heartburn, because you ate some fiery hot Cheeto. Oh, my God, those things are, oh, those things are brutal. <laughs> I mean, they probably found, I mean, let alone really did they have to check the stomach contents. I mean, they must have seen the fiery hot Cheeto dust on the steering wheel. Uh, you would think, you right? Would, you would think. Gemini. They found some pull and peel Twizzlers. Oh, my God. I don't know how they knew it was pull and peel by that point. I'm guessing they could still see the spray. I have a feeling that know. just doesn't eat. Maybe that just doesn't even melt when it gets in your stomach. But apparently it was that specifically the, just pull, like the pull plastic. and peel. Yeah. Okay, what else? Well, that's probably how they died, because they were spending time pulling the thing apart and not paying attention to the road, and they went off. Yeah, the that's that's true. Cancer. Oh, <laughs> me. <laughs> well, this one looks like it must have been food poisoning. This was the tuna salad sandwich. Oh. Probably I, one of the prepackaged ones you grab out the cooler. That, I ate one of those the other day, but it was a chicken salad. It's just the same. You remember how sick I was? Mayonnaise, I, nonetheless. How yeah. green was You had the diarrhea. <laughs> How green was my face? <laughs> I, I, mean, I turned green. We, we We're grossing out people. People are probably if y'all are eating right now, I apologize. You probably throw. We're not talking out. about bowel movements on here. Actually, That's, I don't apologize. So what? <laughs> if you're listening to my horoscopes, you shouldn't be eating. That's not my style. That's a style of some people I know, but it's not my <gasps> <Ooh>. style. <laughs> the shade. Well, it has a poo factory in my family. But anyway. Oh, the shame. <laughs> Enough said. Enough said. Leo! Oh, Curtis. Speaking of poo factories. Having, having, gr- gr- oh, wow. I didn't say it. <laughs> Talking about greasy moments, Leo. Fried chicken tenders. Oh. But we talking about gas station fried chicken tenders. Wait a minute, our eyes just had fried chicken tenders. We're not talking about Popeye's. We're not no, talking about... No, this was about, McKenzie's. We're not about Cane's. McKenzie's kind of... We're talking about that gas station fried chicken tenders. The um, Crispy Crunch. Yes! Or Brothers. Yes! It doesn't matter. That's what we're talking about. Actually, Brothers isn't that bad, if, that bad. if it comes out with Crispy Crunch. That's Ooh. some nasty stuff. Yes! I'm sorry, Kenny. Oh, Crispy Crunch. Ooh, scary. Talking about scary things, Virgo. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, scary. Oh, you talking about people? You thinking of people? I'm talking about what they actually. Have. I was thinking about poo factories, but anyway. Oh, sh- <laughs> I love some Virgo people. Some Virgo people, not all. Well, Virgos, <laughs> they found some roller hot dogs in, in y'all stomachs. Well, you know these Virgos, they eat anything that doesn't eat them first. Okay, was that guy the what is his name? Joey Chestnut, whatever the one that just won the fucking uh, hot dog contest on yeah. July Fourth. Was it like 75 hot dogs and 10 minutes? Yeah, they shoved them things in their mouths. And they must throw up after that. Don't they even He must be a Virgo. Thing? He must be a yeah, Virgo. Yeah, I'm, I've known a lot of Vir- Virgos that just eat. My dad was a Virgo, and we used to call him the garbage can because he'd eat all our leftovers. I don't understand some of these eating contests. I like to eat, but I like to enjoy what I'm eating. You can't enjoy a hot dog if you stuff the whole thing in your mouth at one time. What did they win? To mess up their digestive system like that. I don't know. And they put this shit on, like, I think it was that it put on ESPN and shit or whatever. I don't know. I've seen some crazy stuff on ESPN. We saw that there was an actual professional uh, cornhole tournament on ESPN. We were cornhole? At, <laughs> me, and, me and my partner were eating over at the New Orleans Hamburger Seafood the other day. We just uh, we were shopping and we needed to go somewhere and eat real quick. And they had the... Uh, on the TV, the ESPN and cornhole. You know where they throw the bags in the little bags in the holes. Yeah, cornhole professional tournament oh, on geez. ESPN. The people who are professional eaters. Um, that's and nice. so now they also have that. They have the damn probably this stuff's on. They're ESPN. probably Virgos too. Every all of this. Is you know, Mama's Virgos. got to eat. You know that kind of thing. They're throwing bags and they're stuffing hot dogs down their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Libra. Talking about mamas. Libra. That's your mama. That's your mama. Yeah. Well, guess what they found in the Libra stomachs? Twinkies. Well, my mom loves sweets. She loves her Twinkies? I think she ate Twinkies, but she liked anything that was sweet. That woman should have been big as a house. Was she more of a fan of Twinkies or Ding Dongs? All of them. Anything that had sugar in it. So she would take the Twinkie, the Ding Dong, any of it. She also loved, she she would, uh, sometimes you get these things like, you know the yogurt that's sweet already? She would add Splenda to it. So if it was cream-filled preservative cakes, she was for it. Yeah. If it was any kind of, any, as long as it was sweet, she was for it. There you go. She, I remember when we were kids, she didn't like lemon pie. But after she got older, she loved, it. It, it, there was no pie she didn't like. <laughs> well, there you go. And she never gained weight. Never gained weight. She just had either really great metabolism or a tapeworm. Yeah. And I don't think it was a tapeworm because she wouldn't have lived to be 81 if she had a tapeworm. Well, I I have a good sweet tooth, but sadly enough, I'm a Scorpio. So, don't know why, but they found some Slim Jim meat sticks in the Scorpio stuff. Oh, I used to like those things. They were very, very good keto sticks. You see the shade I'm throwing there, huh? What? The Slim Slim Jim meat uh, sticks? Oh! Enough said. Leave it. But I tell you, those Leave like, it. those Slim Jims are really good keto snacks. <laughs> Same with the pig skins. They don't have any carbs in them. Well, talking about Slim Jims, let's move to Sagittarius. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, what'd they find in y'all's stomach? Hmm. A Twix candy bar. But they can't determine if it is the left or the right one. Sounds like a testicle. 
You can't determine. <laughs> That's what I feel about the. When you see this left and right, you see these left and oh, right twins in the star. Isn't that really weird? Isn't I that? love it when I hear these people say, "I'd give up my left nut for that." <laughs> what about the right one? You don't give that one up. The funny part is the same people that say they'd give up their left or right nut. The second you say you should get a vasectomy, they're like, "Ooh, I'm scared." Well, I wonder when they cut no mind. I'm junk. scared. <laughs> but you were just about to give up your left nut two seconds ago, being for a piece of cake. <laughs> for a cookie. Mm. A chocolate chip cookie. Oh, Walmart has these giant chocolate chip cookies that are really awesome. <laughs> All right, get back to it. <laughs> Would you get hungry? Yes. Capricorn. <laughs> talking about hungry Capricorn. Capricorn. You ever thought of eating your Capricorn alive? <laughs> no, I never thought of that. <laughs> It's got to be from Taco Bell. <laughs> We're talking about it's not Taco Bell because remember they have to get it from a gas station. Well, there are sometimes Taco Bells that are connected to the gas. Yeah, I've seen those. Okay. But in this case, the Capricorns they determined that they ate a microwaved bean and cheese burrito. Oh yeah, with a lot of red sauce. So that I'm be, guessing that would be land. I'm guessing they also had to deal with all the gas that was built up inside as well as finding their stomach content. That must have been fun at the morgue. Well, he can't build up too much in his little bitty old stomach. You'd be surprised what gas can do. Oh, it makes you feel like you're having a heart attack sometimes. <laughs> do many things. Oh. Well, moving on from gas, let's go to let's go to Aquarius. Aquarius. Love our Aquarius people that we I know. Get to, I get to sing that song, huh? When the moon is in the seventh house. Really? Jupiter aligns with Mars. Yes, really. Did you, were you in that play? No. I've done one musical and everybody joined in when my song came up. Do you remember like Lucy with the Pleasant Peasant Girls? Aww, that's a shame. <laughs> well, anyhow, Aquarius. Y'all have Skittles in your stomach. Skittles. Because you decided Skittles. to taste the rainbow, bitch. They're so sweet and good. Skittles. And chewy. So did that color, once it went in the stomach, con? did it get all in the stomach I, You know, all you gotta do instead of giving it Does dye. it? Did it look like a Jackson Pollock painting inside their stomach when they went to do the I'm, autopsy? I, you, well, you know, when they when, when you have to get, you know, the um, the, the test done, you know, the, um, intro, the with the dye, all you gotta do is give them Skittles. Didn't think of that. Yeah. <sighs> but last but definitely never least, some of my favorite people's the Pisces. What they got? Gummy worms. Oh, and that fish and the, you know, the worms. Oh, fell out. Oh, uh, man. They had to get lured somehow. They had to lure them somehow, huh? Mm. Well... It was fun knowing all of y'all with that, and it was fun hearing about y'all autopsies. So, yeah, you save more gore for next week. So, all hopefully y'all right. haven't thrown up. We are taking a <laughs> short break, and uh, Barry Marino Craft Creation, which we have to re really have to tape a new commercial for that. Uh, we're going to run our Barry Marino short, uh, Craft Creations commercial, and then we will be right back with our... Main story, and what's our, our series called again? Death, death on the, on the open, open Road, road Highway, Highway Homicides. Homicides. That's going to be the death 
of Lorraine Hendricks by killer state trooper Timothy Harris. Be right back. As some of y'all may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's oh, yeah. Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I've made afghans, table runners, hats, scarves, plus more. And more coming weekly. Yes. Great thing is, we sell all holidays year-round, so you will not have to wait till that time of year to order what you would love and enjoy. Thanks to our Oz, Will, it is easy and interactive website to see what has been posted. And guess what? In the next few days, my first line of candles called Gentilly Lace. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's... Gen- Gentilly's a little part of New Orleans where we live. That's where we both live, yeah. And it will be available for purchase. And guess what? I'm also starting a seasonal line, so every season will have its own candle. So be on the lookout for our Spring Rose Candle at our website today, BarryMarinoCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-O-I-T-I-O-N-S. Oh, make sure we spell it correctly, right? Dot com. (laughs) See you then. We are back, and this is a season for, uh, we actually, we did the bonus episode as our actual, but this is really our official season four opener. First regular episode. Yeah, yeah first regular episode. And uh, tonight's uh, starts our new theme. Uh, Death on the Open, open road, road, Highway Homicides. homicides. <laughs> and tonight we're covering the case of the murder of Elaine Hendricks by state Florida State Trooper. Timothy Harris. Now there was a um, there was a woman who saw was driving on um, on the highway and she saw the the lights of a state patrol car and a guy pulled her over and she didn't think she was speeding and she told investigators she pulled her car into the southbound shoulder of Interstate 95. And when Timothy Tro- Trooper Tim Harris approached her car, he asked her to get out the car. So when she got out of the car, he saw that she was, like, eight months pregnant. So he gave her a warning ticket for driving six miles over the speed limit and let her go. Her pregnancy saved her life because the next woman wasn't so lucky. Mm. So this is uh, the case of uh, Timothy Harris. We're going to start with talking about... We're going to start with talking about... Okay, what happened here? Let's start talking about his wife... Um, okay. His wife is, her name's uh, Sandra Demprat. I had my thing up here and I lost it. I had it up here. I, I hate that. I had it up here and I lost it. Here it is. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, now, Fred and Pat Westoff, uh, the kids were all individuals, and it seems more so in the late 1980s. And in her early 30s, Susan Westoff Dappen, she was the most athletic daughter, and her husband, Don, was a lieutenant with the Vel- uh, Vero Beach Police Department. And um, 
Chief, Chief Gim Gabbard invited the spices, spouses of his officers to use a fully equipped gym. Susan was always there. Now, Susan's sister, Sandra, known as Sandy, was, um, we're going to start off when she was 16 years old. And uh, both uh, uh, Susan was married to a, a policeman, and Sandra wound up marrying a policeman. Sandra was 16 years old, and she came on with a, a friend of hers was dating a Florida a police officer, and she um, his partner was a man named Timothy Harris. Mm. So she and Timothy Harris became were talking for a couple of hours. And, uh, you know, not much, nothing much came of it. She didn't find him particularly interesting. So a few nights later, she's driving, and she gets pulled over by Timothy Harris. Hmm. And he tells her that he's going to arrest her for, um, was it disrespecting a policeman, a, a police officer? And um, what he does is he's writing out the ticket, and when it's, uh, he says, you know, he's putting her hair blonde, and under eyes, where they usually put the eye color, he puts pretty. Creep. Isn't that creepy? Creep. And it's like, so he tells her, so he tells her she has to go meet him at the, the, at the city, at the police station the next night at 7 p.m. and go out on a date with him. She doesn't show up. She doesn't take it seriously. Right, when was this exactly happening? 1979. Okay, so yeah, nowadays with the like, just to say real quick, nowadays with the psychological assessments, hopefully they weed out these kind of people. Well, that's a thing. I mean, we're getting to that. In a little okay, go while. on, we go on. But that's so um, we, um, she's sixteen years old. You know, she's 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 not fully developed. She doesn't have any wisdom or anything. Right. So she's driving because uh, I was on big old red flags after that. She's driving one night, and who pulls her over but Tim Harris? And this time he takes her license. And tells her she has to come to the police station to get her license. So she goes, you know, the next day to the police station, pick up her license, and he starts talking, and she starts to become kind of enamored with him. And she starts going out with him. And he's, um, he's like this perfect boyfriend, and finally he meets her parents. Now, she's only 16, and he's 21. If she was 26 and he was 31, that would be age-appropriate. If she was 21... And he was 27. That would be age appropriate. But 16 is still a developing teenage. You know, 16 is basically still a child, and 21 is an adult. So it's kind of creepy that a 21-year-old man is interested in this 16-year-old girl. But she starts going out with him, and she before long she falls in love with him, and then she finds out he's got another girlfriend, a college girl named Michelle. And then she finds out he's engaged to Michelle. Well, after that, you know, she, she decides she wants to break it off with him. So um, Michelle quits college to live with him because obviously he was more important to her than, than her education. And he treats Michelle like, like shit. She goes to work. People see saw bruises all over he would bring sandy over to her house and sleep with her in the bedroom while michelle was sitting in the living room watch tv and he, and sandy even mm. said she says i don't like the way he's treating this girl but she still went up with him anyway because she's a dumb kid so finally michelle gets fed up and mm -hmm. she moves out 
So now he's got San, San, he's got Sandy, and once he's got her, his attitude starts changing. He starts calling her a bitch and a slut all the time. He roughs her up and throws her against the wall, puts her arms behind her back. But she's still in love with him, and she's still thinking, well, after we marry, things are going to get better. So they marry. So, well, this is another thing, too. The first time they have sex, there was no foreplay, no kissing or anything. It just went straight to it. And it was the first time. It was her first time. As a matter of fact, he was the only man she ever had sex with for years. So they wow. wind up, they wind up getting married in let's see when this was. That is So yeah. They get married in nineteen eighty two, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is one of the thing thing that made her fall in love with him. She was done with him and he um Michelle, I don't believe, is not the girl's real name either. They, you know, because um, they didn't use real names in this book. So uh, Hurricane David came and hit Florida in the, the part of Florida where they lived in in 1979, and he kept on calling to make sure they were okay, and that's what kind of warmed her to him. And he, uh, she started seeing him on a regular basis, and like I said, once he had her, he treated her terrible. So after Michelle had lived with him for six months and she moved out, she worked at a local hospital and they said it was almost, a, she was relieved to have been done with him and she never saw, they, they never saw bruises on her anymore after she was away from him. So uh, Sandy is, finally decides to, you know, she wants to get married. He's dragging his feet on it. Now, um, hmm, Okay. So anyway, he, uh, he, they get married and they have their first child and he decides what name the child's going to be, the children going to be. If it's a girl, it's going to be named Jennifer Lynn. Isn't that irony? And if it's a girl, it's going to be named... If it's a boy, it's gonna be named girl. It's gonna be named Jennifer Lynn. If it's a boy, it's gonna be named Timothy Jr. That's it. So it's she like has real no, set, real she has no say in what wow. her children are named. So um, Mm-mm. their relationship just keeps on. You know, first of all, he was the kind of person. She was working and he was working, and he was the kind of person where he would get. He was basically a man child. He wanted toys. He would always want a new boat or an expensive car. Nothing was ever enough for him. And then he would get bored with his new toys, and he would more or less ignore them. I'm, I'm just, like, freaked out by the story. I mean, it's making me think the man's, like, if he was abusing and doing things to her, him having children just, like, horrifies me because he would just be a child abuser. Yeah. Well, you can wait. Just, it's coming. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she, um, so uh, Sandy's getting really upset with this and so she she has her first child jennifer lynn harris mm-hmm. in 1982 and then 1985 she has a second child timothy harris no. jr now when she was pregnant with little with, with with tim little timmy he 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 uh responded to an accident and he meets this woman named elisa who he begins a long affair with 
And Delisa is just as stupid as, as, as even more stupid than Sandy, because at least Sandy wises up eventually. <coughs> now, um, basically, he, he's finding these women he grew men on. Well, he hates women. It, 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 uh, the uh, the brother-in-law uh, Don Dapper said that when they would ride, he was riding in the patrol car with him, and he would, if he saw a woman, he'd yell out the window, "Slut!" And then we, uh, if there was a, and, and he would talk about an accident. He'd go, oh, we saw a neat accident. There were five people were killed. It was a good one tonight. The man had, the man was out there. Wow. So he, um, mm. so anyway, little by little by little, the, the, the marriage is eroding because Sanders getting more, Sandy's getting more and more over it all the time. And... He takes Sandy out on her birthday, and tell a few, a few years later he takes her out on her birthday, and he tells her, "Just this food." She's thinking it's nice because they never went anywhere. He didn't have any friends. He didn't want any friends. He uh, he he was enamored with things. He even wanted to, his own house, so he bought some land and built the house himself. But he got bored with it, and eventually the house fell into disrepair. She one there was a, a cupboard a, a cabinet in the cupboard that was falling off the hinges and he never fixed it. it. It stayed like that for years. Wow. And so he would um So eventually he was he, and, and all this time he's seeing Delisa and he's and and he's still uh you know, he's still with his wife. And he, he um he's buying different things and she becomes kind of like she, she she almost becomes like a mother image because she has to tell him no sometimes for things that he wants of course that pisses him off and he gets very abusive but then he'll you listen to her because he was like he couldn't handle his own finances she had to do it and since they had the house he wound up getting this house he didn't have the down payment for this house but he had done some work for the owner, so the owner sold it to him without a down payment, and it was a big hefty mortgage payment. And between his salary and hers, they were really living, you know, they 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 were running on the rim. It was like my mom used to say. <clears throat> but she now she couldn't say no, and, and and she was just getting more weary. Like I said, their marriage was just going downhill every day. So he tells her that day about the other woman, and she's, but he says, she says, well, you have the affair with her, you sleeping with? He goes, no. I just met her a couple of weeks ago. He had been seeing her four years. <laughs> and he was sleeping with her. Yeah. So uh, she's getting really, really sick of it. And she finally gets to a point. In 1990, she leaves him. And he's not letting He's not taking it. He's not having it. He's not letting her go. Well, no, because he's viewing her as property. He used he's to... not viewing her as a human being. No, yeah, I uh, know. Because he used to date women... And if they'd break up with him, he would fight hard to get them back. And then once he get them back, got them back, they dumped him. Because he didn't want to be dumped. He wanted to do the dumping. Everything, his children are property to him. Everything is property to him, this man. So anyway, he uh, uh, eventually, yeah, so, so uh, she leaves him. So you listen to what he starts doing. When she's not home, first of all, he's trying to woo her back. So on Valentine's Day, she walks to her office. It's filled with balloons at work and there's a big giant box of chocolates on her desk she you couldn't walk into the room it was like you know those uh you know in the haunted house when they have those inflated walls and you have to get through that that creepy thing 
this poor woman has to ride through all these balloons. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to stop for I question people when they do grand gestures like that. Yeah. I would prefer a thoughtful gesture over a grand gesture any day. I mean, especially, I mean, oh, God. Oh, wait a minute. This is nice compared to some stuff that's coming up. No, but it's really not nice because this is the... I th- said compared to stuff that's coming up. Oh, I know. But think for a moment. Just, just, just think about this for a moment. When a man or a woman or whoever, if a person is with somebody and they do this kind of thing after they've already fucked up, it's kind of like you're saying, oh, I know, I let me see how, I, it's trying to put a price tag on the person. Think about it. Yeah. I can get them back if I just do this overboard and over, it'll be enough. But there's no thought. There's no real emotion. And you like we were gonna expect that from this guy anyway. Yeah, really. Yeah. No, no, we weren't. But that's what I'm saying. That should be a sign to say, oh well, look at the sex. My God. No foreplay, no romance, anything, just bam. Like that. You know? I think red flags really should have been going off in this girl's head long before they were, but she finally got to the point where she was over him. She she wanted a divorce. And he's he's. But wouldn't that freak you out? What I was just yeah. Saying? Like wouldn't if somebody came into a grand gesture like that? Oh yeah. Just been like really. That's, that's very stalky. It's very stalky. But that's nothing compared to what I'm about to tell Continue you. Continue on. Okay. So she didn't know this, but he broke into her house while she was at work, and put and start recording her phone conversations. Oh okay. Um. I know we talked about this already with the king, but that that part's just too much. He start recording her phone, and then he would break in the house at night and Creeper. and get in the bed with the little child with the children, Creeper. hugging them and everything. Probably molesting them. She would find them. He's probably he probably the molested the damn children. Like so, he's all kind of mess. Nasty, so yeah, so she she's scared to death of him. She don't know what to do. She doesn't want him in her life anymore. But Ugh. he's so persistent and so stalking, she just can't get rid of him. So. One night, she didn't know he was he, that he was he was recording her phone calls. And one night, Mm-mm. one day she comes home early from work, and he's listening to the phone calls. He he hears her come in, and he runs and hides in the bedroom, but forgets his tape recorder on the table. And she sees his tape recorder on the table, Mm-mm. and he no, says, "What the no hell sense. is this?" So she turns it on play, and she hears her own phone conversations, and she's like, "Really?" Somebody's recording my phone conversations. And then another phone call plays. And it's him talking to Delisa. And, and they're like, talking. And he had told her he broke things off with Delisa years ago. She knew. And that's like super premeditated. Because that's not like nowadays where we got the little cell phone where we can record shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're talking about back then. You had to really record shit. Delisa, like, like, like this, this garbage cop. Now, uh, I wanted to get into his, his role as a cop. He started off in uh, this little small town, and it had like two cops. Then he became a, um, a, a cop in another town, but he really wanted to be a highway patrol. Now, the high, Florida Highway uh, Patrol has a very, very stringent psychological test, and he passed it all. He probably... He probably well, he was a sociopath, and he knew how to beat it. 
Yeah, that's, so that's they, the thing. Well, we told you what, a real a real pathological liar can be the polygraph. What we talking about even with the case with Antoinette Frank was later than this. But yeah. Going back to one of our older ca- uh, cases, we did one of the ones we did earlier in our episodes. Uh, the psychological tests weren't truly changed except in maybe the last couple of decades. Yeah, like truly changed, and they're and then once again they're actually relooking at. The police psychological tests again with all the things that have gone on in the last decade. So, but he gets it and he becomes. Uh, and this guy was going to do anything to become that. You know that. I know that. We know. So he was a control freak, and he was going to do everything to control the situation to become the kind of cop he wanted to be. So then he decides he wants to be on the canine unit, which means he gets a dog. He gets a black, I believe it was a black lab named, and named to Shadow. And, uh, I feel bad for the animal now. Now, the animal was perfect with the children. But when he was with, when they, when he was with Tim, he was vicious. And Tim used to use this dog for intimidation. But he also got tired of Shadow after a while. Wouldn't feed him anything. So poor Sandy's up there feeding the dog. So he was abusive to the animal. Yeah, too. he was like, abusive to the animal man too. Is just a, this man is the lowest douchebag shit motherfucker I've ever heard of. Yeah, he's he's like um, low life. Another hemorrhoid with legs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he. Um, so in 1990, after that was in 1990, Sandy's decided she's had enough. She wants a divorce. He is fighting her tooth and nail. He is stalking her. He's breaking into the house. And at one point, he even pulls a gun on her and threatens to shoot her if she doesn't take him back. And she gets scared and, and decides and, and agrees to take him back. So, we're going to talk a little bit about Elaine Hendricks. She was the, um, she's his victim. And we will tell you, um, Elaine Hendricks was born in 19... 19- in 1946, I believe it was, and on, um, and she was uh, born to the family. Uh, it was her, her name. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Frank and Josephine, or they called Jody um, Dombrowski. They were of uh, Polish uh, descent. Her father was a retired army major, and uh, her mom was a housewife. Jody was a housewife, and they had homes in Fort Lauderdale and Jacksonville. And um, they, uh, she had a great respect for the uniform because her father was a military man, so she would have pretty much done anything a man in uniform told her to do. And um, she was just a delightful woman. She um, she she married her first husband in the. A few years later, they decided, you know, the divorce, and she still thought, you know, till right before she died, that she was, um, that she went, you know, she they was too hasty, and then mm. she married a man, the man Hendricks, and they had a daughter named Catherine, and um, their marriage kind of wore out more than it didn't explode. It kind of wore out. They kind of figured out later they really weren't compatible. They were more into their careers. The only thing they had in common was their daughter. So they departed friends. They had a very amicable divorce. Okay. But uh, she also did some modeling, and in one, she was featured on uh, on the Alive, the, the uh, Florida's Alive, Alive 
program that was sponsored by the Florida Highway Patrol, ironically. The Florida Highway Patrol. And there's a picture of her pulling the first driver's license because that was Florida's, during the 70s and 80s, that was Florida's uh, theme. There was a, their, their slogan, Arrive Alive. Yeah. For high, promoting highway safety. And it's really a, um, ironic that she winds up becoming the victim on the floor, by a Florida Highway Patrol. Bizarre. So, um, so anyway, so she's you know she's married. She, she and Hendrix are divorced, and then she meets another man whose name they wouldn't mention in the uh, in the book that I got this from. She meets uh, this man, and they really they fall madly in love. They have in this they have this great relationship, and um, he uh, she had a dental appointment. She lived in Jacksonville. She had lived in Fort Lauderdale. She was married to her first husband ten years. She was married to Hendrix just a few years. And she had a, a, an appointment. She lived in Jacksonville. She moved to Jacksonville with Hendrix. She had an appointment with a dentist in Fort Lauderdale. And she's driving. She leaves on a Sunday morning. And she tells a friend of hers that she's going to, you know, that, you know, she's going to call her parents for staying with Catherine. And she said she was, when she got there, she was going to call them. Well, they were expecting her to get there oh, about three o'clock because you know they knew she had a lead foot. She she did, she was always was supposed to wake up early and she never did. She, she didn't like early mornings. But when she doesn't arrive by like six o'clock that night, everybody's still getting worried. So they were reported as a missing person. And of course, you know that um, you know that 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 an adult a missing adult they won't do anything until they're. Missing 24, sometimes 48, 48 hours. I think 48 hours for an adult. And the 48 hours, you know, if the person's being held hostage somewhere, by 48 hours, it's too late. That's ridiculous. Right. So anyway, um, finally, they, you know, she's a missing person, and they find her car, her 1982 Honda Accord, parked on the side of the highway. Mm. And she... um. And then she, they can't, they can't find her, though. And five days after her disappearance, they're, they're in the woods, and they find the dead body of a woman. She had been decomposing, really. The head decomposed before the rest of the body. She was naked, and she was posed, like with her legs open in a tree between her legs, and covered with pine needles. And her head had, after five days, her head had decomposed. And what the coroner said is the, way, the reason why is because she had been beaten and punched in the face and everything. And that when, you, when you're injured, you decompose, that part of your body decomposes better. It even got to the point where her, head, her scalp was removed from her head, from her skull. Because mm. when they first saw her scalp there, they thought it was a wig until they found the body. Turned out, dental records showed it was Elaine Hendricks. She was murdered. So, uh, they, you know, they don't know what's happening, but they're kind of suspicious that it had to have been a cop that did this. Or somebody pretending to be a cop. You know, that might, you know how those people have a, a, um, a light that they put on their car? Cause he, uh, actually, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she had at one time been pulled over. There was a Camaro that they had to lie on a car. 
and she had been pulled over and when it was a man that got out that was in jeans and a t-shirt she knew he wasn't a cop and she drove off but this time it was a real cop that stopped her so finally they started they, they started digging in more and more and more and more and more and they they they, they, they wonder well the only person who could have pulled her over is timothy harris well, yeah, because they probably knew who was patrolling so, or who was doing whatever. Yeah, who was in what area. So he... Because um, you have to report where you're at, you know, even back then. Yeah, right? yeah. And um, the uh, people, uh, the, the, the cops, the, the investigating the homicide detectives, they start interrogating him. And at first he's saying he's not, you know, he don't know anything about it. Then he's saying he had sex with her because she said that she couldn't afford another ticket so she had sex with him so that he wouldn't write her a ticket and he left her when she was alive and somebody else must have come up and killed her. Okay, so that's yes, an interesting story. claim of story. So did did he actually have sex with? Did they? Well, she was she was she was sexually abused. She was. She was well, did, and then okay, so he knew that there was stuff in there, and at this point we're talking. But at about the point that because they could at that point, after five days all and they, they didn't have really in the early nineties. You could still do DNA stuff. Well, this was nineteen ninety, so I think that was a little bit before the DNA. There was a little bit that was allowed then. But uh, yeah, nineteen ninety was a little. I think you could find out like. Paternal things and stuff. They were like starting that. to do some stuff. But yeah. DNA gets has you know more and more every year. So anyway, um, they find her body. You know, they 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 they, they found her body. Yeah, I'm, I'm digressing here. They're uh, they're they're interrogating Tim Harris, and like I said, first he says, "Oh yeah, well you know." First they show him her picture. Oh, and that's another thing too. Sandy sees a newspaper article about it, and there's a picture of it. And the picture was really small. 1986. When they and he started. said, "Yeah." So that's what I said. I knew it was around there. So that's well, they identified her through dental records. Well, and he would know. He would know that that stuff was happening because he was in law enforcement. Yeah. That's. I mean, I hate to like stop you said, but that's an important part of the case. Yes. That's why he would have started changing his story because he'd been like, "Oh of course, shit, yeah. I put semen in her, or I get." Some of my skin cells or something they're going to find, you know, at that point. He was, there was something that worried him. And she, um, and so eventually, he's saying he didn't kill her. He's saying he had sex with her, but he didn't kill her. Oh, that's the thing I was telling you about Sandy. When they, they had the newspaper article about it, it was a small picture of her. And he says, oh, it's a shame. And she was pretty, too. And Sandy saw, she said, he did it. She knew right away. Because he had just threatened her. And Lorraine resembled Sandy. Yeah. So he had just threatened her, and she knew right away that he did it. She even told the homicide cop, she says, look at my husband for this. So he, um, she, uh, so, so he finally, they break him, and he confesses. And uh, he says that it was an accident. They had sex, and she tripped or something and broke her neck. Wow, really? <laughs> I mean, oh man, he is—he's—he knows the evidence is mounting upon him. With, with there's no way, you know, just how you described the body earlier. Yeah. 
So he, uh, it, but he doesn't mention anything about how the body. That's what they said in the book. He doesn't mention anything about how the body was posed. And he said the thought of dignity, he covered her with the pine needles, because he didn't. Um, the dignity to give her dignity. What dignity? <laughs> you killed her. You're an asshole. You're a douchebag. The funny part about it is, is that she was just a neat woman. This is a woman where if she saw a, a, an animal dead on the road, she would pull over and get it off the road. Sometimes bury it if she had time. She even carried a shovel. This man is the scum of the earth. And he's going to sit there and say that he thought about her It was dignity. like an angel beating a demon, you know? Her dignity? So finally, Ugh, they charge him. I can't. This man. And he confesses to murder and to killing her, but he says that it was an accident. So they charge him with murder. And um, he was charged with first-degree murder, and they were going after the death penalty. So he wants to save his neck, right? Hmm. So he decides right. to uh, plead guilty to first-degree murder, which would give him life in, uh, uh, life sentence with a 25-year mandatory term. Yeah. And he agreed not to appeal the rule in allowing his confession to be used as evidence. And um, state attorney Dave Morgan said, I think he should be killed for what he did, but for legal reasons, we thought felt it was better to settle the matter. Our jury could have come back with something less than first degree. So uh, Lorraine's parents, Frank and Jody Dombrowski, um, they, 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 they approved the plea bargain. And she said, all our friends, and we will pray each day that he will not forget how he made her suffer. And each moment of his life, he will wish he was dead. That's cutting. Jody's a badass. You know? <laughs> and then uh, she showed, this is what, so, um, then she showed the, the Arrive Alive picture of, um, of her daughter. And in court, he told her grieving parents that he was sorry. He says, there's nothing I can say to change. And I'm sorry for the family. I wish they would forgive me sometimes. Why do these people always want to be forgiven? But Pat Westerhoff, the trooper's former mother-in-law, was unmoved. Uh, this is uh, Sandy's mom. She says he's not remorseful at all. He has no compassion. He just wanted to save his skin. No. And um, well, you know he wanted to save. Okay, let me let me just say something that's like hitting my brain as you're talking about all of this, and you're just going back to what you were talking about of the actual murder. Okay. Clearly, in the manner in which he does, I don't think he set out to necessarily kill her, but then it turned to that. And let me explain what I mean by that. In the manner in which he did this, it was a rage killing. Yeah. There's so much rage and hate involved in how he killed her. And what I think it was going to turn out is I think he meant to try to have whatever, literally, sex with her or whatever, and he probably had four sex. Yeah. It was a rape. Yeah. Let's well, he was trying to, you know, he, I mean, she, he's a policeman. And then after she he, was just trying to survive. She's trying to, and she might've even survived the rape or whatever. And after that is when she claimed he, he realized, I, I think there was more rage or whatever. Well, I'm going to tell you about that. Okay. Ugh, this is what this, he this, said. This is making my skin crawl. He said, he kept calling. He said he called her Sandy while he was raping her, having sex with her, or whatever it is he thinks he was doing. And she said, I'm not Sandy. I'm not the woman you think I am. And what Ann Rule, who wrote the book, surmised is that maybe that's where the rage came in and he started beating her up 
and strangled her because she had been strangled. And that's what I'm getting at is I think he realized, uh-oh, I'm going to think this woman's going to turn me in, so I've got to kill her, is what he's thinking. No, and actually, they, they think it, it was cr- rage. No, it was just total no. like road rage. In his crazy rage mind, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He then felt threatened that he was going to lose his whole career, his life, everything that he meticulous control. Or I shouldn't say meticulously because he's really dumb. He's a dumb. <laughs> he's a dumb as a post. Oh, Roz is here. But the <laughs> but just this blind rage that he had fueled this murder. And she just, honestly, she just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, poor, poor thing. And Oh, so this is how they got him. Oh, go on, go on. Okay, she, he, they said, they mentioned she was pulled over for speeding. And he says, no, I didn't pull her over for speeding. I pulled her over because she had her headphones on while she was driving. And only the killer could have known that. Because they never released it to the press or anything. The headphones were found in her car. Oh. And her parents told him that she had a habit of like, she liked to drive with her headphones because she liked the way the stereo, was, you know, the surround sound, which you could get in your car now. You don't need headphones for that. Right, right, right. But, uh, and you know, it's illegal. They could put you over for that. So when he mentioned the headphones, that was, that was with, that was the nail in this coffin. That was the final, this coffin. So, um, he is still... Oh, so this is what was happening, too. After he was convicted, he was in jail. He was in prison. He started sending his eight-year-old son these questionnaires with things like, what animals scare you? Do you believe in ghosts? And it was like this really long-winded, like, 20-page questionnaire he expected this child to answer all these questions. An eight-year-old child? And he was still trying to sue... Sandy, so that she would bring the kids to see him, because she didn't want nobody wanted to nobody wanted anything to do with him again. She wasn't letting her children see a murderer. God, this man is just so selfish and 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 narcissistic. A very you know? narcissistic, selfish, a sociopath, and he hated women. He he used to call women yell slot out the window when he was a cop. This is a this is a police officer, a keeper of the peace, and he's riding in the car and he's yelling at a random woman, slut. So wait, I want to know. Okay, yeah, I get where you're going with that, but I, I gotta go back to the son for a moment. So he said just to the son, he said the twenty. Yeah, well, he was sending things. He was gonna send one to her too, but he sent it to the uh, to the six year old son, eight six eight year old son, I believe it was. I was gonna send it to the. Daughter. Oh, wait, the son was born in nineteen. He was gonna send it to the daughter as well. Huh? The daughter as well? I, just, I, they didn't say whether he sent it to the daughter or not. See, that, that's yeah. what's interesting because the son, is he trying to groom the son to be a mini him? Probably. That's what I would think. Oh, and he this wanted, is so he was, this he so was trying to up. sue her. This he's is trying so to sue up. her for, he's trying to sue her to force her to take him to, to, to take the children to see him. What the hell? Motherfucker, you lost that right when you went when you did what you did. Murdering an innocent woman on the highway. Yeah, that usually you lose your parental rights for that. So, wow. um, mm. so uh, of course, Sandy filed for divorce, and um, and he uh, 
you know, she she wound up remarrying and moved away. She's living under a different name mm-hmm. and everything right now. She doesn't want to be found. She doesn't want to, you know, that that's a chapter of her life she closed. Um, uh, Lorraine's uh, Lorraine's daughter uh, Catherine is like in her thirties by now. You know, she's like probably in the late thirties. Of course, she was six years old, and he took her mother away. So this man, let's see this. I think on here he's um, he tried at one point for parole. This is yeah. This is when he pled guilty. Yeah, this is from 1990. Uh, they're never going to give him parole because because uh, Lorraine's family is going to go there and stop it. I wouldn't be surprised if Sandy would go there and say, no, don't let this man out. He should never be let out. Hell no. He should never be let out. As a matter of fact, I don't know. I'm sorry he did, they, didn't, they didn't give him the needle because that's what he deserves. When you say in a garbage person, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal something from Ash and Elena here. He was like the garbage that's been sitting out. You know how, how we have the shortage of garbage collectors now? And we have garbage that's sitting outside in the hot summer New Orleans sun? That's the garbage he is. I think I know people don't like to hear about cruel and unusual punishment, but in his case, he deserves like an anal spiked probe up his ass. He deserves <laughs> to be scalped as well and beaten on his head. And how are people like this born into this world? This is just fucked up. I mean, how I, do they get to be? I'm sorry, police you don't officers. agree with me, but this case, this is just fucking disturbing. This case. I mean, this guy does. I mean, not come on. Dis- even the Blue Lives Matter people have to agree that this guy's a sleaze. Well, other cops agree with that. He wasn't. He wasn't about protecting and serving. Becoming a cop for him was about control. It was well, everything about, was about control. It was. It was going to allow him. To be misogynistic and actually have power over other people and power specifically over women so that he could rape them and do things like he was doing. He didn't even allow Sandy the right to name her own children. He wrote, when you told me that thing, he was divulging over time, or what do you call it, into this this mental state over time. When he first wrote Pretty Eyes. Yeah. I thought creepy, first of all, when the I first bitch heard did, that. The man did not have, I don't call him a little bitch, because he did not have a sense at that moment about his job or career or what it meant to be a real cop. He was yeah. only thinking about how he could use that station in life to ruin and control other people and put them under his authority. Whether that was right, wrong, or legal, he did not care. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's not an example of what a cop is. He is someone who used the profession of being a cop, being a law enforcement officer, to hurt others. Yeah. For his own whatever personal gain needs, whatever he wanted. That's this. Uh, this is because uh, I know people that are in law enforcement that really do mean to protect themselves. This man could easily have been in uh, pure evil category within our first season. Yeah, but it, it, we're, yeah. Well, we I mean, gonna he's, a we're going to do a lot of pure evil. Uh, yeah, we're going to do that another was, That was, well, you don't have to do another one. We're going to just be doing it, period. Well, I don't know, almost everybody we're doing all these people. A lot of these evil, people are Evil, like we're evil. doing a true crime. They're going to be evil come up, okay? Yeah. Like evil. I think that was for the first one. It was a perfect way to start, but this, I mean, we're going to be hitting evil. I don't know. Next month, 
is all, next month we're doing the devil made me do it. So yeah, we're gonna have a ton of. But evil. you see, I, the thing about this is this case, this this man was every bit as evil as Antoinette Frank, every bit. Worse. On some levels, you're right. Worse, because because um, at least at least with the Antoinette Frank, there was some ways in which there's some things as horrible as it is. There's some things that you can sort of. Slightly reason that if she got the right psychological help early in my help, I don't think it would have happened necessarily with this guy at all. This being, I don't yeah, think any hopeless. psychological help would help because the only psychological help with this dude would be to sedate him out with enough drugs. And she, her motive was robbery. She was doing it for the money. This man, it was just evil. It was just he, he murdered an innocent woman that had never done him anything that he didn't even know. I don't. Yeah, she had a greed moment, and I'm not saying that that was an evil or wrong, but this man, this is something much deeper, much more sinister, much more connected in his psychology, and viewing people as property, as sexual property, as things like that, having no concept. Of others' personal space, boundaries, even with the children, like you were saying, there was things. In my book, I'm, I'm, he probably both physically and, abu- and sexually abused his children. But there's this idea. I don't think he was. He even thought about the space or boundaries with his own kids. There's some weird shit there. This is disturbing. I'm like, I don't even know what to think. I'm so anyway. Yeah, it's just it's one of the. Um... I mean, I'm kind of like, this is one of the few times I can go through a lot of these cases. This one's got me a little sick. This one is uh, one, uh, I, I'll say this a lot, but this is probably the most disturbing case that we have covered. Because I remember when I read the book years ago, I was, and, and then I, I had forgotten about it. And that's when we were, you know, we were looking for something in Florida. I said, well, it's perfect. That, you know, that one is, is just... So anyway, um, I don't. I want to credit a couple of things for my research in this story. Uh, first of all, the book "You Belong to Me" by Ann Rule, which is um, there's other stories too, but the the, the Timothy Harris Lorraine Hendricks uh, killing is um, is the most uh, is a major story in this book. It's like a novella, and um, it was a really good book. But late Ann Rule, you know, Ann Rule's no longer with us. Did you know right. that? Right. Yeah, and uh, she helped us. Her her book helped us with Diane Downs. Too. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we got to do her Ted Bundy. If we ever do Ted Bundy, we got to do her, read her Ted Bundy book. There's so much about Ted Bundy. One of the reasons why I've, everybody's asking me, why don't you do Ted Bundy? Everybody has done Ted Bundy. We have to find an angle for it. Yeah. It has to fit with, properly with a series for yeah. us to do it. It would have been a perfect time was when the Zac Efron movie came on Netflix. Yeah, the. But we're uh, let me let me explain. You bring up a good point. Just just for the listeners out there, we're trying now. We're trying to move, especially with season four. We're trying to each time we do a series, we're trying to cultivate a concept for you to look at. It's not a, like oh, let's do one on Ted Bundy. Let's do one on this. Let's yeah. Do one. No, we really wanted you to think more about the concept of whatever we're looking at in that series. Yeah, and uh, another thing I want to credit is a podcast. It's uh, called um, it's called the True Crime Brewery Podcast, and they they um, they do podcasts and they kind of mix their podcast with beer. They they talk about a certain kind of beer, and they did they covered this case, 
It's on. They're on YouTube. They're on Spotify. Dick and Jill are the names, and they call their their episode is called "The Darker Shade of Blue," which yeah. I'm sorry they thought about that before yeah. I did. <laughs> Cause I, but um, we um, well I I before you close out, I one lean thing I want to leave the people with is I now this case. I mean I kind of understood before, but this case really by you going through doing this research really put into light the importance of why certain things legally have changed why certain women don't always have to pull over now they can call 911 and say hey i have a police officer this is you know i'm i'm on a road i'm by myself there's not a lot of people you know they can do that now it's because i think of cases like this is why laws have been sort of changed in certain areas to actually help you know the public out in the law. And I'm not saying that law enforcement isn't important, but there's cases like this where the safety of the person should be considered. Yeah, and uh, so what I was saying is about the Emerald book. It's available yeah, on Kindle, and it's also available in audio form on yeah. Audible, which is yeah. how I did my research. I really love to listen to audio books. And sometimes I will. I, at first, I didn't want to listen to other podcasts. But I know I could. I, I find out a lot of information that way, and I can put my own spin on the story too. But uh, this uh, podcast, the True Crime Brewery, uh, Darker Shade of Blue, it's really, really in much more. They, they went into a little more detail about so, certain things that I didn't find as important. I want. I, I I thought we got the beat of it with what we did. Yeah. And um, and uh, and Rulio is she's available in Kindle and. You belong to me. Available on Kindle and Spotify. Spotify. Not Spotify. Not Spotify. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Audible. Audible. True Crime Brewery is available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and many okay. other different form- formats too. So Dick and Jill, I've given you guys a shout out. As a matter of fact, I might, I might just shoot you an email and let you know. So anyway, uh, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at A Shutters. You can follow us on Instagram at Open Shutters Podcast. You can follow uh, uh, we. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh yeah, Facebook business page is Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast Facebook group, the official page for Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast. Our uh, Patron, Patron, <laughs> You say Patron, I say Patreon. Patreon. It's like Patron. tomato, tomato. You know. www.patreon.com <laughs> forward slash open shutters. <laughs> Answer what, Frank? <laughs> Entry level tier, mid tier is the Axeman, and premium tier is Madame Lalaure. We said that in the earlier yep. part of the show. I'm saying it again. Um. Uh, email is openshutters at yahoo.com if you have anything to say. Like, you know, like, who was a fool that said we were just okay? Uh. <laughs> we had I already with, done forgot about it. We had fun. Well, yeah, I, I just thought about it. I just remembered it. So, anyway. <laughs> next week. What are we doing next week? What's oh, we got some week? good things. We're, gonna be, we're actually going to be reviewing Final Destination 2. Oh, yeah. That's two. the one on the highway. Yeah. On the highway. And we're going to be looking at the, if I remember right, the truck stop killer. Oh, okay. That's going to be a good one. I think that's correct. I hope I didn't mix that up. Oh, so until next time, 
Enjoy the view from the open shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Timothy Harris, you could fall out the window or you could fall onto the highway and you could fall into the Florida swamp and get eaten by an alligator. Bye, everybody. Bye.